Hey everyone, this is Pastor Stephen. I wanted to thank you for checking out our podcast, and we hope that this message encourages you and helps you in your pursuit to live for Christ with everything you have. We hope you enjoy the message. But it's so nice to have you here this morning. Um, I want to go ahead and just go ahead and dive into our, seri- our, our sermon for this morning. And you're going to look at the screens and you're going to tell me this doesn't look right. And I completely understand. When I put it on the computer, it looked like I could read it. And I know most of you are going, I can read one word out of the whole entire thing. And it says, start small. And then in the very small fine print that you cannot read back there, it says, small steps, big results. Last week when I got ready to preach, I had the scripture just fall into my heart. And, and I was like, okay, God, what is this? And it was one of these odd scriptures, and I went and did the research, and I kept looking at it, trying to understand what it was. And this whole week, I've been writing the series out, this, or the sermon up, and I had scriptures already set in the pro presenter, and I just looked at Yetta and said, Yetta, just forget all the scriptures that are in there. Because this one scripture that God keeps saying is something that we need to let take root in our hearts. So let me get to it so I can read it so I'm not messing it up for you this morning. And it comes out of the prophet Isaiah. And the 32nd book, or the 32nd chapter in the third verse. And the scripture reads as such. Then the eyes of those who will, or who see, will not be closed. And their ears of those who hear will give attention. Let us pray this morning. Father God, I thank you for who you are, Lord. I thank you for your scripture, your word that brings forth the bread of life into our hearts. Lord, let us be eager to hear. Let us put our focus and our attention on our hope. And God, we give this rest of this service to you as you touch my lips and lead me by your spirit, Lord, to give the message that needs to be spoken to whoever needs to hear this, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said amen again. That scripture has been stirring in my my mind like crazy. Like I said, he dropped it in right before I was getting ready to preach. And I'm like, usually when he does that to me and I feel the spirit nudging me, I know I got to talk about that scripture and the sermon. But last week, he didn't tell me to do it last week. I didn't feel the nudge. I just got felt this is something that needs to be said some point in time. And I was like, okay, God, when it's time, you'll let me know. I didn't. But this morning, I'm like, Lord, you could have let me know like Monday. You could have let me know a little bit further in advance. And, and, and yes, well, I've had it in there because I, I thought about speaking a little section about it in the sermon. I didn't realize I was going to have my wholehearted sermon topic driven on that. But there's some power in it when we listen to the testimony of Yetta and Mike last week and the testimonies we have in our lives. You see, we have to realize that our whole aspect of our beings, that we are called to go forth in according to the Great Commission, is to go forth and make what? Disciples. This is class today, this morning. So class means you talk back to me this morning. Can you get agreement? I got two. You see, we're called to go and make disciples, but not just any old disciples. The word says that we're supposed to go and make disciples where? What? In all of the world. So many times that we hear that commission, we think that we have to go get our passport. 
and that we need to go fly off into some far off country and go speak a language we don't know just to say that they got saved. But that's not true. You see, I look out in the community that we live in as I interact with more and more people, as I get to learn what's going on, finding out all the different craziness that's in this world. What I keep finding is, is that there's a mission field right in front of us. But we don't even realize it. Josiah graduated this morning. I wish he'd be in here this morning, but I understand where he goes. He likes his headphones and his comfort, but he'll hear this message at some point in time because, Brother Mike, what I want you to do is not to go grab him. Let him be comfortable, but I want you to let him get on the podcast that after he goes and downloads it and he listens to what he needs to hear this morning because there are times and seasons that the message is for them, but they don't realize it until they need it right then and there. You see, Josiah is doing this thing called a transition. Transitions are difficult. Transitions have hurdles. Transitions have unknown variables. It's like reading a book. You get to the page, you get to the end of it, and you've got to flip it over, but you don't know what's on the other side. And in those seasons, we have these great uncertainties. But if you don't ever turn the page, you'll never know the great story that's beyond. See, sometimes in our lives, we go through those moments. We have the great commission. We don't know what's going to happen beyond it. But what we have is the understanding that God is saying we have to go further. And that requires a small step. Trust me, I, 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 I wasn't around in 1969 back when they had the live broadcast from the moon, when Neil Armstrong got out and climbed out of the, the, the lunar lander and he got onto the soil, and the first words he said was, that's one small step for man, and one giant leap for mankind. Yeah, I wasn't alive then, Timmy. I wasn't alive at all to know that, but I've read it through the history books. I've, I've, I've witnessed the, the video recordings of it. But it's powerful words that the church needs to hear this morning. Because so many think of our lives as insignificant or don't amount to much. But God has called you into his marvelous light with a transition to allow you to understand that you have to be willing to be the small step. Because small steps make difference. But what does it have to do with Isaiah's scripture? It comes into the root where when you look at it, we see that the eyes of those who have seen will not be closed. Let me tell you right now, church, we've been living in a season where we're always covering our eyes because we're afraid. We're living in a time and an era where we don't know the direction we go, so we just go, oh, no, I can't. In the scripture that I originally was going to reference, it was talking about the building of Jerusalem's walls after all of the Babylonian army had destroyed them and where Nicodemus had got up and where Ezra had got up and where Zechariah was prophesying and he was saying, you're going to rebuild the walls of Jericho. And they're looking around saying, I don't know what's going to happen. And he says, what do you remember you saw once before? I don't know who needs to hear this. 
What is it that you've seen before that you don't know that, or what is it that you've seen before that you really wish you had today? What is it? Do you remember a time when the church was so full of people that people were actually getting knocked out in the Holy Spirit? Where, where people were getting saved? Where people were seeing the drugs fall off? Where people were getting rid of alcoholism? Were you remembering those days? Or was it all about the worship in those days? And you saw how God was just moving and ministering to people to tears and they were just realizing that they were not at all. You see, there are seasons in our lives where we've seen things. And the words of the lyrics, but I've witnessed it. Let me tell you, if you've witnessed something, you cannot forget it. Josiah went through a season of high school. He graduated. He witnessed all of the stuff he had to learn. He can't forget those things. But what he needs to do is what we all need to do. Take a little small step forward. Take a little small step forward. It's not easy. Sister Yetta's testimony, it's not easy to go and try and trust God. But like Amy's song said, great is thy faithfulness that we sing this morning. We have to have that kind of life where we're focused on Him and all that we do. You see... I've witnessed some crazy stuff that God's done. I've seen it. I've been enthralled by it. I, I can't go back and, and forget it. Bethany's story was one of those where, where they looked at Bethany and they said, um, go get the casket ready. And I can remember the moment me and Melissa were going, what are you talking about? And we're going back into our prayer closet saying, God, I know that you're able. I know that I read in your word that you said that you can raise the dead from life. I know that in your word you can make broken things whole again. I know that you can mend the wounded hands. And I know you can do all these things. But God, I have to trust you. And all he keeps telling me to do is to, okay, you trust me, but step forward. Into the non unknown, uncertain things that you go through. We have to be the generations, not one generation, generations that are saying, I'm so done with what it is, I'm going to step forward into the unknown, into the unknown, into the unscary, or the, all the scary stuff, and just keep trusting God in it all. There's a reason why God lets you go through hard times and hard seasons. Let your bank account get down to $28. It's to show His, his goodness and His mercies in it all. To show that he's got the authority and every bit of it. But we have to put on our hearts to him. We have to put our focus in on him. We have to be the people that are saying, God, I trust you through it all. And I'm going to wholeheartedly be all in. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understandings. And in all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will make curved your path, right? No. He will make it completely straight so you can see through it all. This is class. This is called curveball season. Come on. 
Some people think that we go to a God that we serve and that he's always constantly putting curves into our path just to cause us to have some joy rides. No, he's constantly the God that's going to cause you to go and put fear on. He says, if you'll trust me, I will make it straight so you can see linear where you're going and what you're going through. There's a reason that when I got into the preaching modes and, and God was calling me coming to pulpit, he gave me a dream. And that dream was me on a black stage with one spotlight on and all I could see was my mouth moving and words coming out like a comic book. And I looked at God and I said, God, this is not going to be what I'm going to be doing. I'd rather be doing the career that I chose. And he says, no, you're going to do this. And I said, okay, God, I'm going to take the small step. And that small step led to more small steps. And that next step and that next step, and it kept getting muckier and dirtier and everything else that was required of me to get into the pool. But let me tell you, You'll never regret it. Because when God gives you the dream and gives you the focus and gives you the achievements that you've done, you can't look left, you can't look right, you can't keep looking backwards. You remember what happens when you look backwards, right? Lot's wife, what happened to her? She got put into something we put on our baked potatoes. Salt. She got turned into a pillar of salt because she doubted God and in the future that was going on when he says flee the immorality, she kept looking back at it. Sometimes we have that same mentality. And sometimes we get a little salty in it just like she did. You ever have an issue where you're trying to get people to go, hey, you do realize you ever get right. And they're like, ah, rah, 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 just tearing you up and they get really salty. And I keep going, man, that's a season of Lot's wife. But that's the reality we get into. All we're called to do is to live for what? Live for God and live for what, what day? For right now. Live for right now. You're not called to put your focus on tomorrow. You're not called to put your focus on yesterday. You're supposed to live right here, right now in the season you're in. But you've got to remember what happened back then. You've got to remember what everything that you went through to help you to be better than what you once were. That's where we have to go and put our full focus, where we're putting our whole heart, leaning into his understanding and his ways and understanding that he will always get you to where he wants you to go. But the struggle we keep going into... As though we have seen and witnessed good things that God has done. And though we've given good attentions to it, we're way too afraid of the start. We're way too afraid of what if I do this. I remember coming out of high school. I got my diploma. Everybody gave me some cash. And I said, oh, I'm rich now. You want me to tell you, $1,500 felt really rich back in 2000. Man, I'm really showing my age, Brother Jim. But I didn't know what I was going to do next. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew I liked to help people. So I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then 9-11 happened, and I said, okay, God, I'm going to take a giant leap forward. And in that steps, when I signed up for the military, I didn't know what was going to come into it. 
But sometimes there has to be a catapulting point where God is trying to get you wound up to where you're willing to go and make a step forward to get you out of your comfort zone. Because comfort is the thing that's going to cause every bit of death within you. If you think you want to have a life of comfort, let me tell you, I pray that God wrecks that whole comfort up. Because it's in your comfort that you become complacent. And the second you get complacent, what do you do? You just end up shriveling up and dying. And that's the part that we have to remember. You see, the word is clear and, and, and completely full-heartedly telling us you got to live each moment for God and put your focus on God and trust Him in everything. That's why we gave Josiah the Bible, because we want him to read it. We want him to put focus on it. That's why every graduate that will ever come through these doors will give a Bible. We would rather give you the Word of God and allow it to be the food that's going to give you the true life, because as Jesus was in the wilderness, what did he tell the devil? He says, man can live by bread alone, but he has to live by every word that God has. We have to be the people that says, I'm so hungry for God, I'm going to read His Word. That's the first step. I'm going to pursue after His ways and not mine. And I'm going to let Him direct it. My favorite scripture, Julie was asking me again, and I'm like, honey, I think I've told you this a thousand times. She says, Dad, what is your favorite scripture? And I said, honey, it's Proverbs 16, 9. What is that, Dad? I said, Julia, sweetheart, I love you. Here it is. Man's heart plans his ways, but the Lord establishes his steps. And she says, Dad, why is that your favorite scripture? Doesn't that say it a couple times in Proverbs? Yeah, you're very smart, sweetheart. You've read your Bible. But why is that your favorite? I said, because God's got a sense of humor, the way he writes things out and allows us to get it. Because growing up, I told her, I said, honey, our TVs did not look like what our TVs look like right now. Our TVs used to be what? Squares. It was called a four by three aspect ratio. It was very narrow. So when Mr. Rogers came on, you didn't get to see the whole little make-believe village thing that he had going on. You saw parts of it. And then when you went to the movie theaters, you knew what you were getting into. I can remember going and seeing Star Wars Episode Four Remastered Edition because I wasn't old enough to be alive when the first one came out. And I can remember going in and I'm looking at the screen going, it's not square. And I kept going, what is this thing? This thing's huge. How is the image going to come through? And they said, no, it's not a TV screen. It's widescreen. And I said, what? They're like, yeah, it's a bigger image. You get a better image of the whole thing. And I'm like, okay. I sat back and watched the whole movie. Came out going, oh, I want to be Luke Skywalker. I'm just going to say that. Like every other boy. But it didn't hit me until years later that the aspect ratio is 16 by 9 for widescreen. And my favorite scriptures, as I was telling Julie, I said, honey, my favorite is Proverbs 16, 9. Because what it is, is it's God's expanding my viewpoint of my own small, narrow thinking to allow me to see that my heart might plan its ways. It might be a narrow, focused ways. I had an idea of what my life was going to be like when I got out of high school. I thought I was going to get out and get rich somehow and go and live like in a 5 billion square foot mansion and I was going to have a Purdy's wife and all this other stuff. I do have the best beautiful wife in the whole wide world, babe, when you watch this. 
but I didn't imagine the rest of it. I thought I was going to have three kids. The Lord had a different plan for my life. Let me tell you right now, there are things that you might not expect to happen the way you think it should happen. But when God establishes your step and put his wide view focus on your plan of your life, there's a difference that will come. But we have to get to the point where we see it. Because when we see it, we'll not forget it. We will not have our eyes closed any longer. But that's where we have to make that conscious effort to pursue after the one and only God who can direct our path and the proper way and the facets to be the one that brings the best blessings and the best of times and the proper seasons when we need it the most. It's like every other season of darkness I go through. Every season of darkness you go through. It's a season where God is waiting to say, look up to the heavens where your help comes from and watch it rain because I have it all in control. But there are too many in the church that refuse to take the first step. Refuse to, refuse to look at the wide view of what God is trying to say. Let me tell you right now, if they would have done that when, when Kennedy announced that he was going to say, we're, by the end of this decade, we're going to put a man on the moon. Could you imagine if they would have all had a narrow focus of what they were going to do and they didn't take in the whole wide encompassing aspect of what it took to get to the moon? To build a rocket that was so vacuum sealed that oxygen would stay in and that all the uh, emptiness of space wouldn't suck it out. To put a heater into the space shuttle that they could uh, be heated up to where they wouldn't freeze to death because it's so cold in the vacuum of space. To build a, a, a space suit because they didn't know that there was going to be dust all over the place. Better, better yet, the aspect of that it had to be just right because the pressure difference to keep the person inside of that space suit to becoming something that they shouldn't be, a whole bunch of mush. You see, Neil Armstrong's saying of one small step is the truest statement that we could probably put into our lives. Because when you became a Christian, what did you have to learn to do first? You had to learn to take that first little baby step and trust God and keep trusting God and keep trusting God until you could finally do what Paul says and finish the race when you get old enough because you're running for Christ. You're running for everything that you have. There's big results that come through the waiting. But I have to challenge you, if you have never stepped up and started the first walk, the first step, you need to start doing it so because that's the only way that God will ever use you in a way, in a fashion that you could grow stronger in every single moment of your life. And while the first step might seem hard, it's that forward motion that will propel you to the best future possible. I don't know who I'm saying this to. But it's the best future possible. Even if you're seasoned in your years, even if you're older, if you haven't done that, it's the best possible future. Let me tell you, I imagined three kids. I didn't realize I was going to have the blessing of five daughters. 
They stole all my hair, but yes, they're a blessing in all of my life. I didn't imagine that I was going to grow up and be a pastor. But it's the best possible thing I could ever do. It's something that I love and do because it's a passion. And if you want to know the truth, I would do it for free. Wow. I'm not asking you to take that seriously. <laughs> you guys got some ideas there going But in all reality, I did. In all reality, I loved God so much when I first started taking the steps. That's the thing that God had me do. I was paying to do ministry. I was paying to take kids on youth trips. I was paying to do whatever it took to allow kids to see the hope that they had. Because what I knew was, if they would see it. If we would see it. We could see God do some miraculous things. Our eyes would not forget it. And it would be the reminding hope that when we would have seasons of darkness. The seasons of doubt. The seasons of discouragement. The seasons of unknown. The seasons of joblessness. The seasons of sickness. The seasons of sometimes divorce. The seasons of all the darkness that we would still have the glimmer of hope because God's hand was on us. See, Isaiah, when he was writing the scripture in Isaiah chapter 32, he was writing about the righteousness being restored to Israel. He was writing about the goodnesses being restored. Right now, I have come today that it's time to, to make you aware that God wants to restore His goodness and His righteousness, not just in your life but into your family's lives and into your neighbor's lives and to all of those who do not have that goodness. Because what he wants you to do is to be the vessel that is being the, the thing that shows his goodness so that way they look at you and they see it. They don't forget it. Let me tell you, Billy Graham. Sorry, Amy, you put him in my head. Billy Graham was a man who had, had, had the whole world focused on him. He was known as America's pastor. He was known as the world's pastor. Why? Because he was being the representation of the goodness of God. And when people looked at him, it wasn't that they looked left or right. They looked at him and said, there, God is doing something in that man's life. We have to take notice of it. Let me tell you, there have been men before him that have done the same thing and that God is trying to tell you right now in the last days, he wants you to be the same thing. He wants you to be the example for the generations to come up after, like, like the Josiah that graduated and all the other ones that are in the kids' church and the ones in the nursery. He wants you to be the people who will show them that God is real. That he sent Jesus on the cross to die for your punishment of sin. And to be raised from the dead to give you that hope and future that you resurrected the life with him. And that when Jesus said, I go away to make a place for you. And if it was not so, I would not tell you so. That he was setting up the path to show you that you were going to spend eternity in heaven. God is showing you some miraculous, marvelous stuff if you'll just take notice of it and be the vessel that'll be the, the, the Billy Grahams to somebody else. 
There's a reason I go and I'm nice to everybody that I see. Even if I'm having a bad day, I still love people because I want them to see God. Yeah, I might want to go kill my kids in the car, but Lord knows I'm going to read your name tag and acknowledge who you are. Because God is good. I'll deal with my kids because that's my responsibility. They're not theirs. But here's what I want you to really get. It's the steps forward that you choose. You don't realize it. The reason I stand here today is because my grandparents bribed me with McDonald's. The reason I stand here today is because my buddy Dan, after I had quit going to church with my grandparents and all the other stuff, he says, hey, there's this really cool youth group over here in Middletown. And I said, what? He says, yeah, go to this youth group. I was like, you going to take me? He says, no, but you got a car. You can come. I said, okay. He says, you'll have fun. It's awesome. So I started going to the youth group. I didn't realize it then, but his small step of gesture of the invite catapulted my life. What is it that catapulted your life to Christ? What is it? Who was it that invited you to church? Was it your mom and dad because they dragged you because it was always how you had to be? But that wasn't the thing that made you decide to live for Christ. Who was it that represented Christ to you that allowed you to want to take that small step forward? Who is it that did that for you? And how can you use that testimony to be the thing that's the fire within you to allow you to put a small step in somebody else's life? Because here's the thing. It might seem like it's small. It might seem like it's insignificant. It might not matter. But let me tell you, it is the biggest thing ever, the biggest decision ever for you to step up and transform somebody's life so that they have eternity with God. It's all about that. It's all about Christ. It's all about everything that he's called you to be. You see, we all live our lives with the diagonal of work or, or whatever else. We might live distance away and all this other influence. And yes, the enemy likes to use this thing to cause so much hectic and issues. But this thing right here makes a lot more steps seem so much smaller. Let me tell you, a text from you might transform somebody's life. A FaceTime or whatever video call system you use opens up the communication for you to just look at somebody and love on them. We live in a world that's one small step away from everybody but we don't use it. You see, what I'm really trying to get at is, is that it's all up to you this morning. It's every single moment up to you. Because what you have to realize is you have to trust the footsteps, the foot placement of each step that God puts in you. And that's not an easy thing. I'm still trying to figure out why God asked me to do certain things in my life. 
I'm still trying to figure out where he led me to and what he asked me to do. And it might seem crazy, it might seem insignificant, it might seem outlandish, it might seem all kinds of different things. But what I feel God is trying to tell you is if you'll just put that first step out, he's not going to let you fall on the quicksand. He's going to put it on the rock that is greater than us. And each step that you take is going to be the vessel that propels you forward to see what he wants you to do. I truly believe each and every one of us were designed meticulously in our mother's wombs by God. I know that God has a plan and a purpose for you because his word says so. But it all comes down to the decision. What are you going to live for? What is it that your heart beats for? Chip, if you'll come up this morning. Chip's had this song in his heart all week long. And he came up to me this morning and says, Pastor, I want to play this in the altar. It's just a, a little sweet melody, but it's an impactful one. Because every single moment of your life started with one step. Graduation stage, get up the step, don't trip. Don't trip. Get up there, grab my diploma, go down the steps, don't trip. Don't trip. You got married. Don't trip. Don't trip in that wedding dress. Don't trip in those shoes. You don't want people looking at you all funky. You got that first job. Don't fall down. But how much more important it is that when we accept Christ in our lives, we say, Lord, I want to stand firm on everything that you have. And that every step I take is to exalt you. So if you'll stand with me this morning, I just want to ask a quick question. What steps is it that you're taking that you're doubting? What step is it that you've been walking through this life that you've been struggling to trust God with? Because what He wants you to do is to always hold on to the fact that even though you might even think you're going to fall, His Word says, My righteous right hand will come down and lift you up. Because I loved you too much to let you fall down. Because I know that your steps are more valuable than you would ever understood. Because I have put them and established them for a reason. So this morning, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I have to ask this question. If you don't know who Jesus is and you know he's not the Lord of your life, and you want him to become the Lord of your life, would you just shoot your hand up this morning? Is there anybody in the house this morning? that's you online this morning we just want you just to put a text out there and say that's me just because I feel so needed to say this and if you're watching this later reach out to us later because here's what I want you to understand God is so good that he died on the cross that he rose from the dead because he wanted to give you that future and hope so that way when you walk through this life you don't have to go through the discouragements but you can be resound and steadfast in his hope and his love so if you'll repeat with me, everyone, this morning. Dear Lord Jesus, 
Come into my heart. Save me. Rescue me. Because you did on the cross, Lord, where you died, but better yet, you arose from the dead three days later to give me that future and hope. So today, Lord, we surrender our lives and we hold on to you for each and every step. Because today, Lord, we declare your Lord of us all. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, I also just want to ask, if that's you this morning, you're just doubting each step and you want special prayer, the altars are open. We want to pray with you. But if not, and if you want to get ready to go and do whatever else, that's okay too. But I want you to understand, every step you take has the power of God behind it if you'll allow Him. He wants to use it. He wants to empower you to be the vessel of hope in all those around you. So let's pray this morning. Father God, I thank you for this day. Lord, I surrender it all to you, Lord. I give you every single one of the words that I've said, and I ask you to let it go into the hearts and the minds of those that have heard this, whether online or here in the house, Lord. But God, show us your glory, Lord, as you lead us, Lord. Touch us, all of us, Lord, as we're walking through seasons of discouragement and doubt and unknowns. But God, direct our paths, Lord, and make us straight. God, move upon us, Lord, and keep us with you. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said so church, I want to go ahead and just tell you, go and love the Lord God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all of your strength. And then go love your neighbor as yourself. Go and be the church, because the church is not the building, it's each and every one of you. So go and be that vessel. We love you, and we look forward to seeing you here soon enough. But as long as the Lord tarries, go and be safe.